1: at participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends ten thirty one seventeen.
0: You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Brian Peacock. Thanks for coming back on this Wednesday edition. We are going to get back into that slow-moving mock draft, pick number 11. And it's pretty obvious at this point we're not going to get through the first round or anything with this mock draft. But we'll see how far we can get Uh, pick number 11 with the New Orleans Saints. And my guest today we're going to talk to a little bit later on. He's the host of Locked On Saints on the Locked On Podcast Network. Roy Anderson also does some uh, writing work at Who Dat Dish, which is the Saints blog on the fan-sided network. So he's going to have some insight there, and he's got also some insight to one of the newest 49ers who's already made some friends this week in running back Tim Hightower, who will be wearing number 26, by the way, on his jersey. Uh, before we get to him, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the pre-draft visits, and they're really starting to add up now. A couple more happened on Tuesday, and then a nice little rumor about the Cleveland Browns that might change things for the 49ers in the draft, and we'll get into that as well. You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. Of course, I'd like to always talk to you guys over there off the air and, and keep the conversation going. If you prefer, email as your form of communication. Hit me up at LockedOn49ers at gmail.com if you would like to be a sponsor to the show again locked on 49ers at gmail.com is the way to get a hold of me and we'll get that started we're on iTunes please subscribe rate review the show all the rates and, re- and reviews really helps. if you like the show uh please review it give it you know drop a little line there give it a five star or you know hopefully it's a five star and if it's not a five star you know hit me up on Twitter or, or email I'd I, I love suggestions if you have a segment that you want to hear um, you know I'm all ears for that and if we're not you know, if you can't find this podcast in a place that you'd like to download your podcast, then please let me know that as well. And if you have a friend that might enjoy the show, pass this along. Because, you know, want to grow this thing and keep this thing moving as we head on toward the draft and, and toward the season. Getting pumped. Heard from Robert Sala, defensive coordinator, for, for really the first time on Monday. And then we had uh, Kyle Shanahan talking as well as the team starts to get together for their off-season workouts. And along with that came some nuggets of information about scheme fits and players that that might work and kind of got my brain churning at least for players who might be a fit in the draft and and some of the things were confirmed and some of the things might have changed the idea a little bit of what sort of players we're looking at especially the Sam position sounding a lot more like that three four outside linebacker that we are already employing here so maybe a couple of rushers in that case where you're looking at maybe Armstead and Buckner moving inside on passing downs you would have a Leo on one side and the Sam on the other side so The Sam and the Leo might end up being very similar positions. One just has his hand on the ground more, and the Sam guy is sort of on the other side standing up a little bit. Um, So that's very interesting stuff. And so uh, yeah, we'll dive into some of these visits here. And the two big ones that came down today, a couple of defensive backs. One of my favorite players in the draft, actually I haven't really talked about him much, is Buda Baker. He's a defensive back, safety from... The University of Washington, man, Washington had a ton of great defenders on that team. It's it's really easy to see now how they made that college football playoff. Very talented team. and They have a good quarterback that that might be coming out in the draft next year in Jake Browning. So Buda Baker, undersized guy. He's about 5'9". Uh, he ran the 40 in uh, 4.45 seconds at the combine. Very fast. Plays more. He, he plays a lot like Jimmy Ward did in college. He's got that same skill set where he can cover guys in the slot at a, as a cornerback a little bit of strong safety there, but also, you know, he has that range where he could play the single high safety. And so I'm, I'm sure that's what the 49ers are looking at. I and, mean, you know, a lot of similarities to Jimmy Ward, where he could play in the slot, cover guys, man to man, but also play back in deep coverage. Uh, he doesn't quite have as much length. I mean, you know, Jimmy Ward's not the longest guy in the world, but he could play outside corner. I don't think you'd be looking at all about outside corner with Buda Baker, but he's a very good player. Probably will be taken around that late first, early second round range around pick 34 where the 49ers will be selecting. So, uh, yeah, that could be a fit there as someone to bring in. If you wanted to leave Ward at corner, then have Buda Baker come in and play free safety. But he could also, you know, a mix and match and, and, and go down and play the slot and cover guys there. So interesting piece, an interesting player there, a guy I really like. Uh, I don't know if the value there will be enough for pick 34. Another team might like him more. that can play him more in a sort of a strong safety role, play him up more toward the line of scrimmage, you know, sort of like a Teron Matthews style of a player. Another interesting name, Akella Witherspoon, and I covered him on the podcast when I went over all the long cornerbacks in this draft. And there's so many of them. And he's another guy that fits from the University of Colorado, and uh, he's very tall, just under six three, to about 200 pounds. He ran into four fours at the combine. Not the most physical player. Uh, I think he might need to work on that, uh, you know, with press skills and especially his tackling ability. Kind of shies away from contact a little bit, which isn't ideal. But from a length perspective and athletic profile. He really fits as someone who could be one of those long corners outside, and they brought him in for a visit on Tuesday. So two interesting names there that could very much be fits. And before we get to this Browns rumor and then the Saints draft pick at number 11, I want to just go over and and I'm going to shout out NinersNation.com, they do have a host over there. David Fucillo has, is keeping things updated with all the people who have been pre-draft visits. So I'm just going to name them all. Uh, we heard on Monday about Mitch Trubisky and Deshaun Watson who have been worked out. And so that's two of them. Dalvin Cook was brought in. Cam Robinson, offensive tackle from Alabama. A couple other offensive linemen, Deion Dawkins and Nico Siragusa. Jonathan Allen came in. Miles Garrett came in. Uh, Jonathan Calvin is an edge rusher and someone that really I had never heard of before I looked at this list. So uh, Mississippi State edge rusher, sort of outside linebacker, defensive end type, so probably would fit in there uh, as more of a Leo pass rusher, 6'2", 275 pounder from Mississippi State. Uh, Jordan Willis, edge rusher, very good player that's probably going to have to be taken by pick 34 or he will be gone. Uh, very athletic. He has the the double dose of production and postseason workout numbers, and so that's that's usually a combination for someone that goes very high. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in that first-round range. Reuben Foster, linebacker, Alabama. He was our pick for the 49ers here in the mock draft on Locked On 49ers. Elijah Lee, linebacker from Kansas State. Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback from Ohio State. And, of course, we heard Buda Baker and Akella Witherspoon's. A few other workouts, Aaron Jones, running back from UTEP. And they hadn't brought many wide receivers in. A couple of names that are, that are probably... Late day threes, maybe undrafted free agent types in Rodney Adams, Jermone Hopper, and Artavis Scott. Artavis Scott, one of Deshaun Watson's wide receivers over there at Clemson. Dalton Crossan, another running back I'd never heard of before looking at this list of visits. Julian Davenport, small school, very athletic, might be a sleeper type, offensive lineman, offensive tackle, someone that could start off playing maybe some right tackle and maybe someone who can eventually be even a left tackle in the NFL as a developmental player. Andrew Lauderdale, another offensive lineman, and Daquan Holmes, a cornerback from American International College, one of those other players, D2 guy that I had never heard of. So a small school guy that they're bringing in for a workout, most likely because there's no opportunities for some of these guys to work out because they're not on the uh, postseason circuit, the senior bowl, not invited to the combine and stuff like that. And then, of course, Tim Williams, who, you know, the more I look at Tim Williams, the more I'm thinking, yeah, he might be one of those guys that's really uh, very high on my list for someone to draft at pick 34 because his skill as an edge rusher and a speed rusher is top 10 overall worthy. Uh, He has some character questions. Uh, I don't think they're super major questions. You know, he wasn't getting arrested and he's not, you know, assaulting people. So, you know, I think he did, you know, get caught with pot maybe once or twice and, and he's been sort of regretful about that and been straight up with it in this off season. So somebody, if he's there and falls to the second round, and I've even seen him fall to the third round in some mock drafts, just, The ability as a pass rusher and hearing Robert Sala about how you need a good pass rusher in that Leo spot. And he said, oh, yeah. So Tim Williams, that guy could even maybe play a little bit of that Sam stuff when you hear how he talks about how that Sam linebacker will be used because he did a lot of stand-up stuff off the edge in his days at Alabama. Tim Williams, that's a a very interesting name. When I went back and looked at more film of the edge rushers, I think he's the second best pure edge pass rusher after Miles Garrett in this draft. So real quick, before we get to the Saints, speaking of Miles Garrett, A nice hot rumor, and it's it's a similar rumor that's kind of been going around a little bit. And Adam Schefter on Tuesday said Cleveland has not made up its mind at number one per source. Split opinions. Some like Miles Garrett, some like Mitchell Trubisky. We will see. So that's I mean, that's huge. And we we heard about that before the combine. Then Garrett blew up the combine and kind of the, the Mitch Trubisky stuff at number one subsided for a while. But man, the Browns, the 49ers, all these teams that are picking uh, the uh and the Bills, all these teams picking in the top 10 are starting to bring Mitch in for visits. And if you're the Browns, you're thinking, man, if you really think he's worth that pick and he's your quarterback, maybe you gotta go for it. And obviously the other thing is, well, okay, you can't pass on Miles Garrett, so you gotta throw some draft picks at the 49ers and move up and get both guys. And man, as crazy as that sounds, I think that is. That's something that could actually happen, and it, it, it would actually be really cool. I think to see the Browns go one-two in this draft and and get that you know generational edge rusher, uh, one of the best prospects we've seen on the de- defensive side of the ball for a while, and then get their quarterback in Mitch Trubisky. And it, it's looking like he's not going to make it to number twelve. So if they want him and they want to guarantee that he's their guy and he is their number one guy at quarterback, uh, why not? They got to move up a little bit to get him. They might have to come all the way up to number two in that case because I, I think he's still very much in play for the 49ers at pick two even though we're, we're still hearing rumors about guys like you know they love Ruben Foster and apparently everybody loves Leonard Fournette I really don't think Leonard Fournette is that guy people are even saying Leonard Fournette may be number one to Cleveland number two to the 49ers um, yeah it's it's tough I, I just don't think there's too many other players at positions that just positional value and Leonard Fournette to me is not th- He he's very good running back and I would love to have Leonard Fournette on the 49ers, don't get me wrong, but he is not so good that it outweighs how I feel about running backs in the NFL and how, I mean, you even saw him at LSU last year. He was hurt and nicked up, and that's what happens with running backs. We've seen it with Carlos Hyde, and the the big thing to me is the best quarterbacks in the NFL, you start counting their rings, and they got a whole bunch of rings. I mean, they got all the rings, you know what I mean? Breeze, Brady, Aaron Rodgers. That's who Ben Roethlisberger, those guys have all the rings. Um, Adrian Peterson, he he don't got all the rings. He's got zero rings, you know what I mean? So uh, when I look at running backs, it's just not an important enough position. You can find guys late, especially the way Shanahan's offense works. He has multiple late-round running backs that just kill it for his teams. Uh, Leonard Fournette, to me, as good as he is, uh, not an option at number 2. So thank you, Adam Schefter, for that little nugget on uh, late Tuesday. And let's get into that. Saints draft pick at number 11 in our slow-moving Locked On 49ers mock draft. All right, Mm -hmm. joining me now is Roy Anderson. He is the host of Locked On Saints on the Locked On podcast network, also part of Who Dat Dish, which is on the fad-sided network, covering those New Orleans Saints. Roy, really appreciate you joining the show today.
0: Glad to be here, Brian. Thanks for calling.
1: Yeah, you bet. So uh, first, I want to ask you about the Locked On Saints. How long have you been hosting Locked On Saints? You've been there from the very start?
0: Uh, and uh, actually started in August. Um, that was uh, uh, during the middle of preseason, so I got right into the fire.
1: Nice, yeah. I just took over in February. I'm having a great time. It's it's a lot of uh, uptick in listeners every week and every day. So really appreciative of that and all the listeners. And uh, it's a really cool network. Glad to be a part of this thing. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, let's see here. Let's get into this. Let's just start with pick 11. And, if, and for the listeners who don't know exactly how this has gone yet or can't remember, and for you, Roy, let me uh, go through this list of draft picks before we get to number 11. Started off with no surprise Miles Garrett, number one to Cleveland. Uh, then, you know, a little bit of surprises started to creep in here with this mock draft. Number two, 49ers selected Reuben Foster, Jamal Adams, number three to Chicago. And then Deshaun Watson, our first quarterback. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have moved away from Blake Bortles in this mock. Thanks to Ryan Day, who was picking from Big Cat Country. Five, Tennessee selects Corey Davis, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. O.J. Howard, six to the Jets. L.A. Chargers select Solomon Thomas, who fell to pick seven. Carolina takes Jonathan Allen at pick eight. Cincinnati and Joe Goodberry selected John Ross. So uh, that was surprising to see Ross jump over Mike Williams there as the second wide receiver off the board. And then pick 10. Buffalo Bills take free safety from Ohio State. Malik Hooker, which brings us to Roy, and pick number 11 with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, with the way this has gone down, first of all, is this the way you expected to see it, and, and how does this make you feel about the pick, And and, and who will be your pick there at number 11?
0: Okay, well, absolutely not. First of all, uh, the, the the picks of Ross and Watson uh, in the top ten really threw things for a loop here. And with the Saints right now, we're still uh, up in the air about it, whether or not we're going to be getting Malcolm Butler from the Patriots. Uh, we'll have to work out a trade with them at some point, probably giving up the 32 pick. But uh, with uh, Marshawn Lattimore still on the board, that makes it a no-brainer for the Saints with the way their secondary is played. I would have gone Derek Barnett for the pass rush, but with Lattimore, there i've got to go that way and saints country will be a little bit mad that i don't go for net with him still on the board but uh latimore is best player available there in my opinion
1: yeah so if you do go corner and if Lattimore does fall in the draft then i would assume that would change things at number 32 with with uh bringing over butler from new england no
0: yeah yeah and um i'll tell you in my own mocks um I've had the Saints uh in my light, latest mock I had us taking uh Tradavius White at eleven and then uh thirty two going uh Obi Melathanwu, the safety out of Connecticut, and then at forty two picking up Carl Lawson, the uh edge rusher out of Auburn, if uh he was still available there. If not, uh I'm a huge fan of Terrell Basham, the kid out of Ohio University, yeah. or uh possibly Tano Pacinio out of Villanova at that pick.
1: So it sounds to me, if if I was just, you know, knew nothing about the Saints roster and just hearing those selections by you, uh, it's all about the past defense in this draft. Is that right?
0: Absolutely. No, 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 no question about that. Our, our defense has been horrible for the past three seasons, and that's pretty much led to us being seven and nine the past three seasons. And uh, everybody has acknowledged that the Saints have to address the defense. That's the primary thing.
1: So you mentioned Fournette there, but there's another player or a couple players on the board here that might be available. And I've heard some whispers that uh, the Saints might be looking at quarterback and and possibly Trubisky, possibly even that the Saints really love Patrick Mahomes. So I'm wondering if if you think that there's a possibility that the, the Saints would go quarterback in the first round, even as high as pick 11 and possibly 32.
0: I think that that right now you've got Drew Brees. uh, He's got at least another good two or three years behind him. Um, They they recently brought in Chase Daniel back on the roster as a backup, uh, but that's only for a one-year deal. But I I don't think that they're going to address the quarterback uh, uh, issue in the draft that soon. I don't think that uh, Sean Payton is that high. Uh, I don't think Mahomes would go at 11. I think that would be a reach uh, for him. But um, you, you can't rule out anything with the Saints. They're definitely a best player available drafting team. But um, I don't think that they have any quarterbacks rated uh, high enough to go at 11.
1: Uh, One more name that I think would be interesting just personally with the Saints and the way that Sean Payton runs his offense and, and the players he's utilized in the passing game. What about Christian McCaffrey as a fit for the Saints? Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's I, I knew you were going to go there, and that's uh, you know a, a pretty obvious choice in my opinion. If you follow a lot of the Saints forums and that kind of thing, he's he's kind of uh, a general topic of debate that pops up pretty frequently, and I agree, I, he's uh, definitely the kind of. Um, uh, a guy who would give you that kind of a Darren Sproles element, but also somebody who could be a three-down running back probably in the NFL. Uh, I, I don't think there's any question uh, as far as his ability goes. Uh, I just uh, I, I think that he's going to be available a little bit later. I think if there was a possibility for them to trade down from that spot, I think the popular pick for him right now is around uh, the, 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 the 20s, mid-20s, maybe Kansas City. I'm seeing that pop up a lot, but uh, definitely somebody – that should be on the Saints' radar if he were to, to, to fall a little bit, uh, maybe at maybe 32 if he were still available there.
1: Yeah, I know 49ers fans here in the Bay Area really love Christian McCaffrey, who played over at Stanford. And if he was there at 34, I think that would be uh, something that would be very interesting for the 49ers, even though they it looks like they already have a starter in place in Carlos Hyde at running back. But, man, such a, such a chess piece there to use on offense. And at this point, I think he might go – I mean, every time I see a mock draft, he's going higher and higher and higher. And the other day there was a team executive that said they thought – Christian McCaffrey be going in the top 10. So it uh, looks like a lot wow. of teams, you know, if, if those are, you know, if they're actually getting the right information from actual teams that are picking in the top 10, but yeah, at this point, it seems like he's going to be going closer to 11 than he is to 32. If, if those rumors are true, um, but yeah, I,
0: you, uh, again, I wouldn't rule it out because the the, the Saints have have uh, have uh, thrown some interesting picks out there. And uh, you, you were talking earlier uh, with me before we started this about uh, the Brandon Cooks thing, uh, yeah. and, and I'll let you go ahead and get into that. But that was certainly a surprising pick uh, for me when they took him, and with uh, Andrews Pete also in uh, the 2015 draft, I thought that was a very interesting pick for the Saints uh, when when they've needed defense pretty much in every one of those drafts. And they've taken an offensive player like they
1: did. Yeah. Let's actually, let's get into that cooks trade because that was quite surprising. I mean, yeah, like, like you mentioned, you know, cooks was sort of a surprising pick for the saints when they took him because they had some good wide receivers and they got another one last year, high in the draft with the second round. And it looks like they got a real keeper in Mike Thomas. And that possibly is what made cooks expendable. Was it more about cooks wanting out or that maybe he just didn't fit anymore and new England thought they could get that draft pick and maybe finally address the defense.
0: I don't think we'll ever know for sure. There's a lot that's being said publicly and a lot of stuff that I think is probably uh, kind of being swept under the rug about that situation. But I think that Cooks wasn't happy with uh, being part of a scheme that's so uh, diverse as the Saints scheme. I think he wanted to be kind of a clear number one receiver. He didn't like being a decoy as much as he was in the Saints system. So I think that he was looking for somewhere where he could go and, and be the number one guy without a doubt and certainly having Mike Thomas come in, uh, didn't help that situation at all. I think there was some uh, ego involved there, but I think that uh, the, the, the public face of what happened with Cooks, it, we'll never know what the private part of it was, but I think that there was some of that uh, jealousy and uh, lack of playing time, uh, according to him, that, um, that that led to that going down the way it did.
1: You know, going back to Christian McCaffrey real quick, I just remembered a tweet that I saw that made me laugh. And someone said that you know, even if the the Saints did draft Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, uh, Sean Payton would find a way to to get the ball and feed some undrafted free agent running back like twelve times a game. So you know, maybe they don't need that that high end running back.
0: Yeah, I I don't doubt that either. But uh, but they have you know they they ended up trading back up in – to the first round to get Mark Ingram when they got him and they've still used him uh primarily I mean he is their number one featured back right now uh, that that's that's not in doubt it's just a matter of how often they use the running game uh that's been the problem with uh getting enough yards for him but now he's his name is popping up with some trade rumors right now uh with uh just some some general rumblings out there in the twitterverse uh with uh Richard Sherman potentially leaving Seattle and uh, there's been some rumors out there about Mark Ingram going over to Seattle in a trade with maybe a draft pick for Richard Sherman. I don't know if uh, there's any validity to that at all, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me.
1: So sticking with running backs here, uh, Tim Hightower, he's uh, signed a one-year deal with the 49ers. Can you give 49ers fans a little insight there, maybe a scouting report on what kind of player they're getting in Tim Hightower, who spent the last couple years over there in New Orleans with the Saints? Oh, yeah
0: love Tim Hightower. I'm a huge Tim Hightower fan. And when he came to the Saints, he had been out of football for almost four years and came back, and I, I think that he he has the potential to be a feature back for a team, but he just with the, the, the situation with Mark Ingram, he was kind of like just a role player with the Saints, but when asked to come in and start, he did a really solid job, and uh, I think that the, the 49ers are really lucky to have landed him. I'm not sure why the Saints let him go, the way they did, um, I think maybe uh, they just – you know, I'm really I, – I, I'm at a loss for why they got rid of uh, Tim Hightower. I'm a big Tim Hightower fan, and I think you guys got really lucky in snagging him.
1: Yeah, you know, the Hightower move, I didn't really think much of it at the time. You know, it's only a one-year deal as well, but then the overwhelming response has been that same response and people saying, oh, man, you got a great one, such a great – person. And I think that's been one of the number one things that the 49ers have focused on in this offseason is getting good people into the building. You saw the thing with Tremaine yep. Brock, who was released, you know, he he practically didn't get the, the handcuffs off before he was already released from the team with his latest with the, I don't know if his latest, but you know, he, he had never been a guy who had been in trouble. Uh, he got arrested for domestic violence and boom, instantly gone. So I think that is really right. one of the themes there. And it sounds like Hightower really uh, runs right along with that thinking of getting really high character people in the building and into that locker room.
0: Right, yeah, Hightower. He'll do. He'll do anything you ask of him. He's going to do it like a, a team player, and you're going to get 110 percent from him every game. So he's he's just a really solid pickup.
1: Okay, Roy. One more question before you go. I just want to ask about Drew Brees because he's not obviously getting any younger. How? Uh, what are your thoughts about how you feel? He's playing now versus how he's played in the past. Is he still right there? Is he still on top of his game? Have you seen a little bit of a a decline in his ability and arm strength and stuff as he's gotten older? And how long do you expect him to be one of the top quarterbacks and and continue to play for the Saints?
0: Uh, You know, there's no telling with Drew Brees. His his training regimen is is so strict and and it's, uh, it's just geared to him playing as long as possible. The only drop off I've seen in Drew's game is it looks like with uh there was a little bit of unsettled un- unsettled situation on the Saints offensive line in the past couple of years and he seems to get the happy feet a little sooner than uh he used to in the past like he's a little more um a little more eager to get rid of the football uh like he's hearing footsteps a little faster than he used to be but uh, other than that I haven't seen any drop off in his game at all and you know he he just kind of uh the the system works around him it's set up for him to be productive you know as uh being just six feet tall and you know m- not maybe the most athletic guy in the world but uh you know he, he just keeps doing it year in and year out so it, it, you know there's no telling uh, there's he's possibly the guy who all of a sudden there's a dramatic drop off like you saw with Peyton Manning but I don't know he I mean, his, his like I said his training regimen is such that this designed for him to play uh you know in, into his 40s if possible
1: yeah, I'm definitely not going to put anything past Drew Brees. He's one of those guys that you're. I'm never going to want to root against because, uh, yeah, just the way his career's gone and, and the kind of person he is, and, and I hope he sticks around for a really long time. And, you know, it's funny, I remember a story from way back in the draft when Drew Brees was coming. Actually, this is when Drew Brees was still at Purdue before he was drafted by San Diego. Apparently, uh, the 49ers, I believe Drew Brees was drafted in 2001, so it was the 2000 draft. The 49ers had a very high pick, pick three, and uh, that was when Bill Walsh was around and, and running things in the front office. And apparently he loved Drew Brees. And if Drew Brees would have come out that year and he didn't come out early, uh, Bill Walsh wanted to draft him at the number 3 spot. He stayed in school. Wow. The 49ers ended up trading back that year. They picked up uh, Ahmed Plummer and Julian Peterson in the first round. Of course, uh, Drew Brees ended up coming out the next year and then going, I believe, the first pick in the second round to San Diego before he ended up signing in New Orleans after uh, Philip Rivers was drafted really odd that that you know as hard as it is to draft a quarterback San Diego drafted two pretty good franchise quarterbacks back to back in in Philip Rivers and Drew Brees but yeah how things might have been right. different if uh if Drew Brees came out a year early and ended up with the 49ers back in the year 2000
0: that would have been crazy uh, i think they would have they would have had somebody that would have uh, have, have kept the super bowls coming there for sure
1: yeah, exactly. And that's been a, it's been a tough spot for the 49ers finding a quarterback since basically since the concussions that ended Steve Young's career. So, you know, Cap had a short run right. there and the, they did finally develop uh, Alex Smith into a starting quarterback, but he's been probably better for the Chiefs than he ever was for the 49ers. So, uh yeah, finding that quarterback and guess what? The 49ers are right back there again and hey, who knows the Saints, you know, in the next few years they, they might be <laughs> they might be in the same boat. God willing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. That is Roy Anderson. Roy, appreciate you coming on the show. You guys can find him on Twitter at RoyAnderson66. And of course, uh, listen in to Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, he's also a contributor over there at Who Dat Dish on Fansided Network. Roy, really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man.
0: Thank you so much, Brian.
1: There you have it. Pick number 11 in our Locked On 49ers mock draft. Marshawn Lattimore's fall ends at pick 11 with the Saints. And obviously, that's a perfect fit. And then when you think about how they have been talking about trading for a guy like Malcolm Butler, and I think obviously Marshawn Lattimore is a much better player, and then frees them up to do whatever they want with pick number 32 if it were to fall that way. All right. Thanks again to Roy for joining the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at BDPeacock, Locked On 49ers at Gmail. We're on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, review the show. We're streaming on Audio Boom. You can also find the stream and links to all that stuff over at lockedon49ers.com. And we will talk to you on Thursday with our guest, Mr. Matt Barrows from the Sack Beat, right here on Locked On 49ers. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network.